0: Hello and welcome to Someone Should Make This, a show where we do the hard part of coming up with great video game ideas and offer them up to the world. My name is Danish. I'm Jeff. I'm Matt. So you boys got some quests.
1: <laughs> I went I went on a quest. Jeff didn't. He didn't join me. No, I
0: fell into the rift. Oh, that's right. No, Jeff, Jeff has the rift S.
1: I've been doing v r things for a while now, uh in fact, in fact, Danish and I co adopted the original rift. was it the rift?
0: It was actually the d k two d k two
1: right um and we kind of traded off for a couple weekends, then I think it probably ended up in Danish's
0: closet, yeah, because uh your computer blew up,
1: Mike yeah, oh, that's <laughs> right. My computer blew up, and my yeah. cat chewed one of the cables while it was at <laughs> my house. Yeah, so we've had it that long. So I'm more interested in hearing what Jeff's experiences is because this is his first foray into the into the virtual realm.
2: Yeah, uh, so they give you twenty or something free experiences. Most of them aren't games. There's like a Medium and Quill, which I haven't actually opened up.
0: Oh, Medium is so cool.
2: First game I loaded up, real game, was super
1: hot and it was revelatory. I think I think that's the cool thing. It's it's both a curse and a blessing for VR in that you can hear people talking about a rad VR experience all day long, and you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to play it, it's so like, oh shit, I didn't even, I didn't even really understand what's so cool about this. Like, you really have to do it yourself, right? Yeah. And like that's like because Superhot's been out for how long? I remember, I heard about it a long time. Even the non VR version, people talk yeah, about how it's, cool it's it is. been out
2: for a while.
1: And then I finally got it on the PS4 and I was like, holy fuck, what have I been missing out on? And played the hell out, like finished the whole like campaign in one night. And you know, like everybody, it was old news to everybody else by that point. And now you're finally playing it and kind of going through the exact same thing. It was really exciting to play. I didn't, I didn't finish it. Um, I think I spent like a solid two hours on
2: it and, you know, took off the headset in a sweat and was just like constantly thinking about it. And then uh, last night, we got Beat Saber, which, again, is like everybody already knows it's amazing. But playing it is so different. And uh, watching my girlfriend play it was a lot of fun. And, (laughs) you know, because the games we play are like Rayman Legends, and uh, we've been playing through Yoshi's Crafted World, which is amazing. Yeah, Um, Kelsey got that. It's super fun. Those are you know, kind of straightforward 2.5D, 2D platformers. And this is just like a completely different thing. I mean, it's a rhythm game, but it's it's so much more than that when it's in VR. And like you said, it's hard to explain until you play it. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have already done the VR thing. But for those that haven't, it's definitely worth the plunge. And I don't want to be a an Oculus um, shill, but Rift-Ass Quest, I there's... This is a good time, I think, to get into VR.
0: You know, it's ironic that you say that uh, Super Hot was so revelatory for you because I've heard people say the same thing about the Quest in that they love VR, they've had a PSVR or Rift, and they were not sure how much of a benefit the no tether is. Mm-hmm. But oh. then when they played the Quest and they play Super Hot in the Quest, it's completely different from even other VR super hots.
1: So that's where I'm at, and yeah, and I so I got the Quest, uh, and I, I was coming, like I said, from from the DK two to the PS four VR, and now the the Quest, and it's like, it's it's crazy. Like once you get over the feeling of like, oh my god, I'm in this virtual world, like it is is as weird. Is as to say that kind of you get used to that. I don't want to say it gets old hat, but like you get used to it eventually. Like, yeah, yeah this <laughs> is, this is what I'm doing. So you'll start to see like, ah, oh, it kind of sucks that I got this cable that gets wrapped up in me. I like, I don't feel 100% free with a cable. And then I get the quest and it's like instantly I can do like whatever I want. So I started playing, uh, what, Robo Recall. And that was just like, like spinning on a dime, looking all over the place. Like, 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 not hesitating to take a few steps forward to, like, rush at something or grab a gun out of the air. And, like, that was stuff I could never do with either of the other uh VR sets that I had. So, like, there's there's sort of this extra step of, holy shit, I can see where this is going. Where, like, once we have the graphics fidelity of the, the Rift S and the untetheredness of the quest, like, that shit's going to be so fucking good.
0: Yeah, You know, the, there's a, the Doom VFR on PS4, and that the game is awesome. The most frustrating it's like, game. It's Yes, exactly. It's so awesome because it's it's really well made, it's gorgeous looking, it feels good, but the controls force you to turn to, your body to around.
1: not have fun.
0: <laughs> the controls are so bad, and they don't have to be bad is what my problem no, with that game. No, if they had just included a turn button yeah. on, like, many many games have a sort of, like, quarter turn, 10% turn, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, but they want you to turn around all over, you know, 360 degrees, but the PSVR has a cable, and it, it does not let you do that comfortably.
1: Yeah, so, like, the, when you're facing forward with the PSVR, it's, it's really good. If you turn around, there, there are still lights on the back of the headset. There but are, but not as good. It's not yeah. nearly as good, and then you, you almost definitely lose hand tracking when you turn yes. all the way around, right, right. which is a huge problem for that game. And the, yeah. the thing that's frustrating about that game is, you know, the, the turning sucks. Like, you, you can't reasonably turn all the way around while you're playing it.
0: I know. They, there is the Flip 180, and I did end up getting oh, used right. to it. It's not, it's not good, but, like, if a guy's at 5 o'clock, I turn to 11 o'clock and hit the 180 button, you know? Yeah. So anyway, the whole point is that it, it really is. That, uh,
1: that game on the Quest would be fucking rad. I hope it comes out.
0: It would be amazing with the exact same game. Yep. It, yeah, it, it just goes to show you how important that actually is. The freedom, which I, I, before I even tried it, uh, I was I knew it would be, but I didn't know how much. You know, it's like okay, I get it. I have riffs, you know, this and that. Is it worth it for the uh, for the freedom? And it totally, one hundred percent is. And so, Matt. Uh, I think last week or the week before was your first time going first. Yeah. How did that How did that feel? Do you want to do it again?
1: Um, I, I certainly could. It it's it's a bit of a load off to have my idea finished and then I can coast yeah. through the rest of the episode and not really yeah. try very hard. You
2: don't even have to pay attention after that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's actually the exact opposite. Where, uh, if I'm if I'm going at the end, I'm kind of thinking about my idea while you guys are going, and I'm like right. not listening as well as I should be. Yeah. 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 So go for it. Okay, so did you guys see Polar on Netflix? Yeah. No. Oh, Ugh,
0: unfortunately.
1: Jeff, did you watch it? I heard enough about it early on where I didn't even bother with it. Yeah. So it's it's a movie that I okay. So I I didn't like Polar pretty much at all, even though it had I thought some like really cool scenes in it.
0: It had some interesting ideas. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I liked I liked the. There was a good hallway fight scene that was pretty good. There's the. Yeah. I think both of these are in the trailer, so it's not like a spoiler but like there's there's a hallway fight scene there's the the finger guns the the glove machine gun thing um those are both cool but the the scene that got me got my got my gears going gears going My my got my my noodle wiggling i don't know i'm just making sure i like that noodle wiggling that's evocative (laughs) but my little little too of my brain noodle dirty my brain noodle um (laughs) was the uh so the the movie is about, well, okay, so the first half of the movie is about this, like, super elite assassin team that is hunting down and killing retired, like, ex-assassins. Mads Mikkelsen, uh, uh, superstar of things such as Hannibal, Valhalla Rising, uh, but most importantly, uh, the Kojima game, mm-hmm. Ko- Ko- Kojima the Game that's coming out. Yes, um so yeah he's the ex-assassin and he's he's trying to retire in peace and and it's it's this stupid thing where like it's like yeah in three months you're gonna get this giant payout right and it's just this massive number so there's this this assassin team that's like tracking down where he went and apparently if they kill him before the three months they get the payout it doesn't make a lot of sense it doesn't make
0: any sense
1: no uh i could buy
2: into it just without any more context it's, it's, well, it's kind of like the cop's like, ah, I got one more day the retirement. I just got
0: to no, make it through the, this shit. No, that's shift. not the issue. It's the fundamental rules.
1: Yeah, he catches, catches a stray bullet and the guy who fired the shot doesn't get his pension. The,
0: the, the point is, with these rules in place, it is completely unsustainable for an assassin society. Yes. Yeah, It who doesn't make any who
1: sense. Who would want to do that? So so anyway, he has... I, They didn't really get into it, but you get the impression that he kind of knows that this thing is going on. So he sets up all of these uh like fake hide up like retirement places to throw them off the trail so that he can hopefully go and retire in peace. And the first half of the movie is cutting between him trying to live a normal life and them trying to track down where he's actually hiding so that they can so that they can find and kill him and get whatever, his millions of dollars. Yeah, And that's frustrating, because the assassin team is fucking obnoxious to watch, and they're taking oh, up, they're like, so bad. half of the movie up until that point. Uh, spoiler alert, he kills them in, like, three minutes, and <laughs> it's all fucking for nothing. Like, it's such a waste. Uh, anyway, so the scene where they show up, they're at his cabin, there's this whole point where, you know, they, they sneak up to the cabin, and they have a sniper who's like, Half a mile away across the lake, uh, <laughs> no, exactly, <geez. laughs> and and you know they for whatever reason he sees it coming and you know he kills everybody in there and then I don't know you're like oh man how's he getting past a sniper though like he's got everything covered and he just appears behind the sniper like across <laughs> yes. a lake half a mile like super fucking far away he just appears behind him like jumps out of a tree and like he didn't even kill everybody all in the cabin either he like snuck out. When they didn't know and somehow got across the lake and killed the sniper. Anyway, he turns the tides, blah, 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 blah. My game idea is <laughs> two teams, one of which is the retired assassin, and the other is this group of players who are trying to track him down. And I want to have scenarios where they are going to potential safe houses, and each safe house could be chosen as like the safe house of the... The assassin player or the retired assassin player but as they go and there should be like tons of them right because you don't want them to just like accidentally choose the right one mm-hmm. or maybe the right mm-hmm. one is like hidden to them and their job is to go to these other places and find clues until they can eventually like narrow down exactly where he's at mm-hmm. uh while they're doing that his job is to prepare for the oncoming uh assassin squad whether that be by, you know, laying traps or gathering supplies and doing all these things. And I think the the little twist on this whole idea is he should be able to uh, acquire superpowers somehow. <laughs> because teleporting across a lake is absolutely a superpower. And I'm not really sure how he can do that. It can be part of, like, the gathering supplies portion. But the the main idea is that these two games are going on at the same time. Uh, the the resource gathering trap laying and the assassin squad tracking him down and maybe the assassin squad is getting into like little AI skirmishes while they're going you know so they're you know having fun and and doing stuff mm-hmm. and maybe he has some analog to that as well and maybe that's maybe that's part of it maybe the better they're doing in these skirmishes they that 's how they unlock their abilities so once it all comes together it's it's you get this uh sort of like house defense almost kevin McAllister style game where are becoming uh, re- a common theme i like it
0: i was gonna say that home alone is kind of we, we've done a game sort of like this in the past i think the the saint patrick's day episode had something like this but what makes this idea i think different and good is that first act where it's like it's a race and like if the mm-hmm. one team finds the safe house quicker that's you know that's a huge advantage because it's less time to set the trap. So I think that part is what makes this game. Yeah, and
1: when you lay it out like that, I just realized that this is this is this is sort of a different version of Evolve. Well, it's where, it's Evolve meets Friday the
2: Thirteenth, like inverted.
1: Oh yeah, because y- yeah, you're, you're, your your right. your players are trying exactly. to kill Freddy instead right. of... or Jason. 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 Um,
2: it yeah, that was, so it was it's, the first thing I thought of, and it's a cool inversion because the power dynamic just gets completely jostled around with that.
1: Yeah, and I think this dude should be, like, super overpowered if they take too long. Like, if if it's taking you, like, you know, 15 minutes to track down where he's at, you're kind of fucked, right? Like, Mm because he's going to have...
0: He's gonna have. Didn't the, evolve have a, a system like that? Didn't yeah, the evolve, monster actually get stronger and stronger? So
2: the monster can like feed on like little things, which I think is kind of what you were getting at, like the resource gathering or like fighting AI, and then it get gets more powers, but it also gets like enormous.
1: Yeah, the thing that I didn't like about evolve, and I thought evolve was a really cool idea. I had I had a lot of fun with it. I think it was just kind of a flawed idea. The thing that I didn't like about it was as when I was playing as the monster, I always felt like like you already have this timer of, like, I need to evolve as fast as I can. But you also have this, like, other timer of the other team, like, trying to track you down. Right. And it turns into this weird thing where, like, if you make one misstep as the monster, like, they're just on you, and it's... It it got... It wasn't as... Like, it, there's, it should be this moment where, like, oh, fuck, I messed up. Like, I, I need to, like, get back on track. And, like, in Evolve, it was like, if you messed up, they throw down the shield that locks you in this little right. area, and they just, like slam into you and that was frustrating so i want to i really want to like separate those two things into like you're doing one he doesn't really know when they're going to show up because it's Mm -hmm, dependent on how well they do on these side scenarios so he's kind of on edge and that's that's the feeling that i think evolve wanted to evoke was the feeling of being on edge but what it ended up being was there's there's a difference between feeling on edge and constantly in danger what might be a cooler because we don't have to like this doesn't have to be of the game right like this doesn't even have to be
0: well that's so funny about this it's like hey you know that movie i really hated <laughs> i want to make a game out of it well so. like i said
1: like i think the, the movie had cool ideas and I, I think the first half of the movie was a cool idea but i hated how it actually like unfolded
0: on the yeah. screen um. It's just funny that I never would have saw that coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe it maybe it makes more sense if this is like Rambo the game because his sure. whole thing oh, is like setting traps and shit, right? Yeah.
0: I did not see the new Rambo trailer. Apparently, that is exactly what that is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It, and I should say pull he's pull just in a house or whatever. Yeah, he's
1: he's at his his like dad's farm because yeah. the very first Rambo, he's like trying to get back to his family, right, and get back to his farm, and this cop rolls up on him, and he was coming back from like Vietnam, right? Yeah, and. The cop is just being, like, a total piece of shit to him and, like, trying to find a reason to basically arrest him. And he tells him to get out of his town because he doesn't want people like that. And uh, Rambo's basically like, nah, fuck that. Like, I can be here just as much as anybody. So he get, comes up with an excuse to to bring him into the police station. And while they're there, they, they start, like, spraying him down with the water and giving him flashbacks to his wartime. And that kind of makes him snap and, like... I don't remember, I don't think he killed any cops on his way out, but he ends up killing them later because <laughs> he threw a rock at a helicopter, and the pilot was like, ah, oh, fuck, and like crashed the <laughs> helicopter, and it killed a couple <laughs> guys. Uh, Rambo's a great movie. It's not even yes. like a silly great movie. It's like a genuinely great movie. Um, but anyway, this game is sort of the Rambo meets Polar, where you're you're trying to set up traps, and you're maybe you're out in the woods, and you have your base, but... You know, you're, you're you're finding resources and gosh, should should there be something that you fight? Like, I feel like, I feel like if the assassin team is fighting things on the way to find you, you should also be fighting things.
2: I mean, maybe it's like one of those Far Cry like base clearing things where the assassin can be super sneaky and like stealth kill everybody in the safe house, and that like locks it down for them or something, and also gives them. Some sort of like in match XP. I don't
0: know. Oh, maybe there's maybe the assassin has buddies he can call in. That maybe it's like a one-time use thing, and they're not super powerful, but powerful enough, almost like assists. Uh, I'm thinking of um, like Willem Dafoe in the first John Wick, where he comes in as the sniper and stuff. Like that'd be pretty cool. So I
1: see that as like the skills that he's unlocking before they right. get there, though. Like like yeah. backup is a skill, and yeah. um, in in the movie Polar when they. When they first like breach into his room, it's like you could have this like once they have breached your premises and like maybe once the first shot is fired from their side, you get like a little bit of like slow-mo that slows time down for everybody. But mm. their like their aiming controls are actually slowed down, whereas yours are real time, so you actually get like a chance oh, that's to cool. like, Yeah, mm. so you get a chance to actually get like maybe a bunch of headshots off. Yeah, like and, that. like so it's not super overpowered. Maybe it's only like a second. So if you're quick or maybe you get like speed during that, so you can actually make a getaway or, or whatever. That, that's, you know, there's there's tons of stuff we can do with the actual abilities he has during the fight. But what I kind of want to get into is what exactly is he doing before the fight breaks out? Like in order to set up.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, going to his storeroom full of supplies, grabbing the big, like, you know, whatever, sentry gun lugging it over like maybe it's like very powerful but it's also heavy and slow moving so like okay if i'm going to commit to this it's going to take me many seconds to oh, take the is... sentry gun over from here to here
2: danish you're on something with the supply closet i think maybe he has hidden caches and so he has to ping pong between the hidden caches on his way to the final safe house and those are what give him the level ups
1: yeah the, this cache is a part of the sentry gun and going out and getting that it's going to take you time but once you've assembled assembled the sentry gun that is the, your unlocked uh, ability so yeah. these these ability unlocks aren't just from like filling xp bars it's like actually going out and assembling mm-hmm. what your abilities are what your skills are and setting them on the premises you could even be like in you, you could be looking at a telephone and like okay am i going to call it back up backup because that's like that's like a 30 second long phone call to get my backup Right. And it's, yeah. it's all about this like time management of like, yeah, I, I could also spend like three minutes assembling this sentry gun. But that's kind of all I have time for.
0: Right. it's You know what it reminds me of a little bit is like Payday, where Payday has a lot of like time based things where like, you know, cracking the safe takes a lot of time. And you have your team like holding off the cops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you can do some more thing, something more stealthy or you can find the combination. There's like other ways to do it. Some of their brute force. And some that are like, you know, the different ways to approach it that give you different like time meters. Another example is like, uh, I'm thinking of um, car mechanic simulator where like <laughs> you're putting together a little piece, like maybe putting the sentry gun together is like, oh, these, yeah, like, m- minutiae of like, you know, putting things, to you know, screwing things so in or whatever. A
1: lot of my ideas because uh, I, I have like a list of ideas for this podcast and a lot of them are weird twists on like the car mechanic simulator and like <laughs> slamming yeah. it. So I am all in for like, listen, if you guys can come <laughs> up with a car mechanic simulator, VR, asymmetrical multiplayer game, I'm all in for that shit. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah I love this like tangibility of unlocking your skills and this time, this every every skill that you're unlocking is a time sink and it's it's about how fast you can do like, Because yeah, like the car mechanic simulator could be like, you're putting these pieces together and maybe your first time as a player there's there's like instructions essentially on how to put these things together but as you play the game you actually get better at it so you're like putting these pieces together faster Mm -hmm. Uh, and and that's even more like a a natural way of being like yeah you've just leveled up your ability to put this gun together because you're just actually doing it and -hmm. then with the added stress of like I don't know how far along the other team is in whatever they're doing like do I wanna yeah. risk putting the sentry gun together now? Because like I said, like that could be the only thing that I have time for, or should I like do the quick stuff like putting up like trip trip wires and you know, calling my buddy for backup and doing all these like smaller scale If both teams, if if the assassins and
2: the assassin, or the strike team and the assassin, were both high level players, they've been playing it a while they internalized all these things that you're talking about. Yeah. Where it would take them just sprinting head on through everything, you know, three minutes before they meet. So you know there's always this like minimum amount of time that it takes, and the goal is to get as close to that as possible, hoping the other team is
1: worse than you and yeah, can't you know, make
2: it in that in that time.
1: You know what would be cool is if. Uh, so so I, I think we have fleshed out what the retired assassin side is doing. He's he's scrambling around trying to put these things together and then you have the strike team which i think is a a great title for them uh the strike team is i'm almost imagining them going through like and i think this is what you're getting at is like almost like destiny style strikes which are obviously not against like aliens maybe -hmm. maybe they're trying to uh assault like military warehouses or something to get like supplies and you know you've your first time through a destiny strike, it might take you like 40 minutes or something. And this wouldn't be that long, but just right. as an example, but once you know how to like get your buddies together and like mix all your skills up and do everything right. Like you can run through a strike in like 15 minutes. And so they're also getting better. Yeah. That's a, that's a great things. metaphor for it. I
2: that you know, the strike team doing a strike style encounter and then the assassin doing, you know, a completely different style of game. This is almost like that challenge we did, where there were two different games that were secretly oh, I know. Involved each other. <laughs> they just come together at a certain. But point. I, it really works, and it takes that idea of asymmetrical multiplayer to an even higher level.
1: Maybe, maybe they know where he's at the whole time, and if they want to, they could just go straight there. But they basically have nothing, so it's like, okay, let's do these. Let's do these side missions really quick. We could do all of them, and be, you know, and it'll take. 30 minutes to do everything but he's gonna have like a totally stacked cabin out in the woods with just everything yeah or we do like a couple get get the supplies that we know that we want and that we know that we're good at and then try to get through those things as fast as possible yeah it, I think it's kind of like
2: the the bad royale dropping hot idea where you can drop hot if you're good and just oh yeah go right into the action but it also can pay to stand back and collect resources and yeah, that's, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's super fun. I think someone should make this. Somebody yeah. should make this. I think someone should make it. Absolutely. Whew, my job's done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right, I'll go next because my idea is going to be, I think, a shorter one. Um, so one of my favorite things is this abstracted sports genre of video games. One of my favorite games from the last few years is Pyre, where it's kind of like this sport but it's like couched in a fantasy setting where you have like warlocks and you know animals that are talking and running the ball and there's like basically you're trying to get a ball into a goal but it's in a very unique um kind of context for it i
1: never played pyre i actually don't really know anything about it
0: yeah it's like a three on three is it like you know, soccer or like what's the closest analog uh i guess the closest analog would be somewhere between soccer and basketball i guess okay um, three on three. There's a ball and there's two goals, and uh, the the characters when they attack each other or like attack and defend, um, like you can you know dash and hit someone, um, but if they're moving they can if they're not moving they can have a shield around them. Like it's a little bit of like a Rochambeau thing of like attacks beats this beats that, and you're constantly like trying to fake each other out while you're running to get the ball into the goal. Um, so anyway, that's that's a great game. It's a great way to approach a sports-style game. But anyway, basketball is one thing that I don't feel like we've gotten a fun spin on in a while. Like, soccer has Rocket League and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. As Whenever I play basketball, I always, like, I love the feeling of sort of, like, doing a layup or, like, uh, doing a jump shot while you're trying to evade, you know, defenders. And the, what you're really doing when you dig down to the mechanics of uh, the physics of basketball is if you are running in one direction, you have to aim counter to the momentum of your body so that the shot goes straight
1: right you almost have you have to if you're even you can even be like running past the hoop and you need to throw it like harder to get that counter, yes. counter action
0: exactly and that has i don't think has ever been accurately or like sufficiently represented in a basketball video game so that's the, that's the whole premise of my game is it's a physics based basketball game where um, you are moving your guy and it we, it doesn't even have to be humans, it could be anything. It is totally it could be totally abstract. But if you're moving in one direction, uh, okay, I'm gonna this is we're gonna really get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, let's here set up a scenario. With, with, yeah, I feel like you <laughs> with have the to. this is, this is uh... So the left stick is move and the right stick is aim and shoot. And that's basically all you need to do. The right stick is basically a reticle that you move around on the court and you are your body, right? Now, is this like a third-person
1: behind-the-back game?
0: Yes, third-person game. Okay. Um, behind the back, yeah, sure, maybe. I don't know exactly how far back. But now here's the thing: like if you're strafing left and right, forward and back, the reticle is like locked to you. So if you are if you're strafing from left to right, the reticle is also moving. So you have to then counter with the right stick back to the left so that it stays. So it's, it's a constant balance. Like if you want the reticle to stay over the hoop, your right stick has to exactly match the left stick, but opposite. Does that make sense? It's like a
2: hacking minigame almost where you're like counteracting or like doing two different directions at once on those sticks that are directly related to each other but affecting different things.
0: Right. So if you're if you're moving forward at, at like 10 degrees uh, on the uh, tilt of the analog stick, in order for that article to stay on the hoop, you have to uh, tilt the right stick 10 degrees back so that you are advancing forward but the reticle is actually staying near the hoop and then you hit a trigger to shoot or whatever. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. Using that right stick to aim, we're back where we were. You would, you know, hold, or I guess it depends on if your y axis is inverted or not, but you would move that stick to aim up or down. I feel like that forward back almost becomes a right analog trigger no, 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 thing. No.
0: For, no, no, no. Aiming is not up and down. Aiming is uh, where your uh, shot is going, where, where the reticle is going to be on the core. The cord.
1: power of the shot is going to give it. Like yes. Height yeah. and... So, okay, I, I want to make a suggestion. You said, you said soccer has Rocket League. I think this should be basketball with, like, little tanks.
0: Yeah. You know, that, that's actually a totally r- along the same lines as I was thinking. Like, abstracting it in a way where the controls that are going to be difficult, like, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the kind of game this is, like a co-op or grow home, it's like mastering the controls is the game. Yeah. Um so yes, tanks totally make sense.
1: Yeah, cuz I, I think that gives you context.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, cuz with Rocket League, your car is essentially your foot. And depending on how it's angled, what speed it's moving, if it's moving up or down, it's going to affect the ball.
1: Yeah, except rather than knocking a ball, like a tank is going to acquire the ball and like basically gets to use it as ammo, right, mm-hmm. to fire it. So maybe you right. have maybe maybe the other tanks because I think what what ends up being interesting here is the way the other players or the other tanks can affect your momentum yeah that was gonna be my next question yeah
0: how do they do that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they're tanks right <laughs> so
1: they're good they can just be they could just be shooting at you and like like kind of knocking you off, off course and you're trying to like look for an opening where you're not getting hit
0: um there could so you know what this is actually it's it's closer to whirly ball
1: yeah well i so whirly ball
2: is a great example i almost feel like instead of tanks they should be mobile trebuchets where when you fire or when you're empty, you have this big net that's up there that you can intercept with. And then as soon as the ball goes in, it snaps back and it's ready to fire. Sure. That that way you you kind of have essentially, the yeah, catch and right. Okay, Trebuchets built into on one. hovercrafts.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instantly. Yeah, it has to be
0: hovercrafts because you have to easily strafe and move forward and back in a fluid way. You need a dash too. Right.
1: Trebuchet is actually great because the 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 amount that it has been pulled back could be directly mapped to like a trigger pull
0: exactly so
1: you can yeah so it's it's yeah. going
0: to
2: be the distance exactly. and the height and all that okay yeah. so you're you're holding it down and letting go of the trigger to fire then
1: yeah okay. yeah and you can do half pulls to get like shorter distances and sh- yeah. shorter arcs and stuff
2: i think that's what i was hung up on before but i'm i'm 100% in this uh, Hover shay game right now
1: hovershe all
2: right
1: treb treb- treb-, treb treb Treb... trebcraft <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: uh now the, the the extra little piece of it and I so going back to Gang Beasts versus and Gang Yeah, Beast where the hell's Gang Beasts yeah. coming in? So the thing I like about Gang Beast is how floppy and just like silly yep. the characters are. So Gang Beast is a totally physics-based like wrestling fighting game where you everything is like, you know, grab, throw and, you know, pull and push, but it's all very like your guys look like gummy bears. They're all very floppy and funny. looking. There's like a
1: button to hold your arms over your head. And there's a button to grab. So you can literally, you can, you can grab an enemy player and then hold them over your head and walk yeah. them over to a cliff and just like toss them over. But,
0: but then he can grab onto you and pull yes, you over. So and you're
1: like in that. this weird little like flop
0: war where you're both <laughs> yes, trying to like out
1: flop yeah. each other and get the other one to fall over the edge. It's so that's the only fun. reason
0: I would be against hoverboard hovercrafts uh, is that it, it's too rigid and solid like what i i like the idea of floppy characters so what could be what maybe they're I, I mean that's
2: you i think you're about to like what could be the thing for that but i think that the way this game is set up it's it's rocket league but for basketball with hovercrafts and if you bring in that <laughs> physics thing like i think that fundamentally changes the rest of the game so you kind of have to i mean unless i'm just not not crazy. It's uh, okay.
1: I, I get what it is. It's a it's a hovercraft on the water trebuchet with arms, and it, you can grab other players and and throw them. I got nothing. No no no. no
2: you're <laughs> onto something. The water. The water is the reactive thing. The water is the gang beast. And you're not on a hovercraft. You're on weird like strafing <clears throat> boats. And so if you boost to the side, That's you create right. a wave.
0: <laughs> but but the. <laughs> But the key is you're in the water. <laughs> you're not on a hovercraft. You're on a boat that's in an inflatable <laughs> no, bubble. No, no, no. no, no that can go in any direction. Well, here, here's, here's the
2: crux, though. You need to be able to affect the water, which is why I was thinking if you're in the water, you can. Do, it makes more sense. Because... If you strafe to the left with a boost, you create this giant wave and maybe that lets your teammate like launch off it and get a shot in. Well, I so- think
1: you still get that. I think you could still do that with hovercrafts. Well, the the thing I'm getting at with hovercrafts is just like the freedom of motion that is kind sure. of analog to a player on a basketball court. So you can like with a yeah. if you think strictly boat, it's like you're you're on a four like you're trying to like slowly turn this boat. Whereas like a hovercraft it's, can it's just like, slide yeah. all over the place, you can still make. You know what's actually
0: good about a hovercraft is that um, if you let off the gas, it kind of ste- keeps like floating. Yeah, but, like it keeps you know, and that actually the kind of wishy washy controls of, no, 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 go back this way, this way, and then you're kind of like correcting yourself, and you're you're not you're always kind of fighting with direction. I like think that's playing the fun part with Luigi instead of, uh, of Mario,
2: where you're sliding a little bit. Okay, the what? Wait, Lu- what? Luigi's what? Luigi always has like a little bit more slide to his
0: acceleration. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like As a opposed bit to a, Mario, like slidey. All right, but,
1: yeah. so Luigi hovercrafts, um, <laughs> and this is this is great because I was actually gonna suggest like a Mario sixty four style butt stomp, where the hovercrafts can <laughs> hop up in the air and then smash down to make like these giant like wave pools I like to that. like throw oh, other man, players' great. aims off and stuff. So it. Oh yeah. So the gang beast part, like Jeff was saying, like the water physics are what you're really getting at to try to throw other players off, and like you can still like bump into them and stuff, but maybe, maybe maybe making a giant wave to to throw them off is going to be better, and like because like two players can like stack together and like really slam next to this dude and fuck. You know who, so, who,
0: Like I was mentioning with Pyre where every move has an appropriate like defense to it. Like so, if you see a guy like jump up in the air for a butt stomp, there has to be some sort of like. Uh, swipe or something that, like, knocks them away if you can react to it. Yeah.
2: I think if you could use your boost and just ram into them as they're landing and then now they're going to, you know, tumble over. No, I I want an
0: anti-air.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's an anti-air? Well,
2: okay. So what about the ball? Like, in Rocket League, the ball is always being acted upon and it doesn't do anything to your cars. But what if in this game, because you're on this water plane, when you receive the ball, you actually receive some of that inertia back into yourself so you could throw the ball at somebody doing a butt stomp and just knock them out of the air. Is that oh, how about
0: this? The ball is like this really big inflatable squishy ball. Okay, a beach ball. And uh if someone's and you can't butt stomp in the traditional sense where like you accelerate downward fast, it's just a normal jump, okay? And if you can or maybe the butt stomp but it's just not super fast. If you butt stomp next to somebody, you cause the wave like you said. Now, I'm whole, I'm the guy with the ball. The ball's, I'm holding it. It's a big squishy thing on top of me. So if I see someone jumping up for a butt stomp, if I can get under him so he lands on me, then the ball bounces him like a million feet away.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I like that. So,
0: so trying to get under the butt stomp is actually the defensive move. Because you don't want, if you butt stomp someone's head that they is carrying a ball, it's like bad for you. But if you butt stomp ne- next to them, that's what's causing the wave.
1: So something else I wanted to add to that is like the the jumping up in the air serves two purposes. And I think that's where some of the strategies can come in is like, Mm -hmm. if
0: blocking the shot, yeah, blocking
1: the shot or doing a butt stop. And so, right. So maybe I, I like that. I like that getting hit with the ball could be a thing, right? Like getting hit with the ball isn't necessarily an interception, but it is a block. So there could be something to, you jump up in the air to try to get that interception. And then the other player Start doing something that will, that you're like, oh shit, I don't want this anymore. Like maybe they're charging it into like a damage shot that'll blow you up if you hit it now. And so mm. you can <laughs> stomp back down to get out of the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that you could add a little
2: bit of that in air correction that games like Rocket League have where as long as the ball hits the top of you, you grab it. But if it hits the bottom of you, you get hit by it. And so you could use that as your block catch. Uh, right. It's, it's like,
0: a uh, 25% of your your mesh is like catch. right? So it's you have to be really well timed to catch it otherwise it's uh, it bounces off. But then off. Yeah, you, that, you have that, that, that
2: option work. strategically to to mess around with it because if somebody does a damage shot, you need to hit that 25% to catch it otherwise you're going to be obliterated.
0: So So it's almost like if it's a risk reward where it, I, you know presumably the catching part is at the top. So if you want you know time your jump to where you're a little bit late so like you're hitting it on the way up kind yeah, of yeah. but if you're too late. Then you're just going to miss it. It's going to fly over you.
1: So I, I so you could. I kind of want to ditch Danish's super complicated control scheme for this <laughs> because I do. I do like the purity of just like, of of these hovercrafts on the water, just like throwing balls all over the place. Like you can still. I think you should still have like the arc and power and stuff. But I, I think just where you're aiming should be where the ball goes. well i mean it's still gonna carry but i don't want all this like counter aiming stuff on the sticks i think that yeah. and and rocket league
2: does this too where because it's physics based it's built in and so you have an innate understanding that the ball is gonna lead or it's gonna trail right and exactly so i and don't. I think I, I think you have yeah. that in your head yeah and and one of the strengths of gang bees one of the strengths of rocket league is it's arcade simplicity and having something super super complex on top of that could make it's it too not, finicky. So
0: in my mind, it's not complex. Like I, we kind of started going down that road, and I, we pulled back. But in my mind, it's not complex in terms of lots of layers of different controls, do different things. But rather, it's like you know, rubbing your stomach and patting your head. It's like simple controls, but you have to master them. Okay. So, so
1: I, yeah, I think let's kind of throw out the explanation of how the control scheme works and just be like, yeah. okay, when you're about to fire, depending on which how far you're pushing on the control stick left or right. You're just giving the ball that a little bit of that trajectory. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I I think the, the explanation like makes it sound like you're, you're, you know, doing math and, and (laughs) fucking equations (laughs) in the split second. Like, no, I know. I get it. No, no, I I was just trying to, you're right. And I get, I get what you're going for. And like, I think I needed your explanation to get here, but like, yeah, like, like you, you're giving it like a lot of games are just like where you're aiming is where you're shooting. And like, giving it that little extra left or right, like one, if somebody's trying to defend, they, they have a little bit of like, you know, it could, it could go to my left or it could go to my right, and I could, I could force them, you know, if I'm right in front of them, I could force a left or right shot, because now they're kind of dedicated to the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you know, another thing I want to see is, and this also ties back into exactly what you're saying, and it actually makes, would probably make things easier, and I would, I've been talking about a reticle on the ground this whole time, but really what it should be is an arc like when you're throwing a grenade in Gears of War, yes, like yeah. you that, always yeah, see where the yeah, arc yeah. is. That's actually so what I was imagining. Start aiming for the arc.
1: Yeah, I was imagining. I, th- I kind of thought that's where you're getting at with the marker on the ground. Like, I like there's yeah. a marker on the ground, and then there's like a dotted line through the air. of Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I think I, that works. I think we nailed it. I, psionics, knock knock. Hey,
0: I know. Uh, we got a game Rocket for League you. Two. <laughs> Rocket League uh, Two. Trebuchet.
1: W- water. Water polo. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, I think someone should I think make someone this. Someone should make this.
2: Yeah, that absolutely. Fun. This, this. Oh man, I would play the shit out of this game.
0: Yeah, another game. Really quick, a quick shout out to Video Ball. I don't know if you ever played that. No. Totally what? like this genre of game. It's called Video Ball. Um, it's basically soccer, and all you are you're controlling cubes and circles and and triangles, whatever. And so, like, I'm watching a video right you, now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna explain it. Just look it up. It's really cool. It's a soccer type game, abstract shapes, very very arcadey, like four on four or two on two or something. Uh, it's really fun. This is um, a game made it... by
1: pro- by programmers for sure.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, but it's like I played it years and years ago, um, and it took forever to come out. It finally did, but it's it's a blast. It's super fun. I. It looks like Crossfire. Reckon... It's
1: Crossfire.
0: Uh, except the pieces move like the the players move around. I don't remember cro- Crossfire the board game? Yeah.
1: You'll get caught up in the Crossfire? Crossfire? Oh, crossfire? Yeah, okay. I know that That's
0: one. the theory. That's the lyrics. Yeah. It's
1: it's Crossfire. And because the shapes are influenced by your shots in, in the exact same way that Crossfire
0: was. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway, shout out. Awesome game. You should give it a shot. It's great multiplayer game, so. Uh, cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, Jeff, was, what do you got? What, a,
2: what an act to follow, Danish. you you really set the bar low and then just cleared it astronomically with that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to cut out the part where you. I say, you, I cleared it. <laughs> you set the bar low. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> My game is called Gunsmith. And it all started with, who makes all these guns for games like Borderlands? And it's the mm. gunsmith With his team of scrap farmers, he pieces together the guns for all our video game heroes, the guns they need to conquer the villain and claim the treasure and explore the world and all that. So uh, again, inspired by Borderlands, I I recently finished Borderlands 2, and their whole thing is a bazillion guns. And so that's kind of where this came out of. But um, in my game, the players use scrap to construct guns from the ground up, that they then add to their store to sell to these traveling heroes. And okay. as more guns are bought and the gunsmith gets more money, the heroes are able to explore and pacify more of the world. Just, you know, it's kind of inverting the, that player experience. Um, but that the more the heroes explore, it gives access to new areas, new types of scrap for the gunsmith scrap farmers to gather. So once the gunsmith has all these scrap pieces they piece together new guns on their workbench that they then add to their store. So um, you, the scrap is the material that you're using, and you have all these crafting options. You unlock new ornaments like pipes, gauges, knobs, vents, etc. You unlock types of mods you can craft, silencer, scopes, stocks, etc. You unlock new body types. So maybe you start with a pistol, but then you get the shotgun up to the RPG launcher. You unlock new elements that you can craft, like fire, electric, caustics. You could do, like, an electric gauge ornament that attaches to the scope kind of thing. Uh, then you unlock new materials, like iron, steel, gold, onyx, diamond, whatever, as, as you sell more and more guns and the world opens up. So uh, in addition to all this crafting, the gunsmith can use their money to hire scrap farmers to go out into the world and gather scrap from these areas that have been unlocked by the heroes. You can build facilities to help you smelt and combine the scrap you get into new types of scrap, like those new materials. Um, You can house additional farmers. You can set up multiple storefronts and and a bunch of other stuff. So it's essentially combining everything people love about idle clickers, crafting systems, and character creators, uh, but not literally everything, just some of those things.
0: So, a couple things. Yes. This is such a stupid obvious idea (laughs) I cannot believe this has not been made already thank you (laughs) well
2: so um the the tie-in to Matt's thing was you know he was talking about mechanic simulator where you're doing all these nuts and bolts and this workbench, although it'll be cartoony like you'll essentially have an outline like here's the body of the gun and you can you know put your frame and then you can attach all these ornaments and make it look however you want with colors and paint and all this stuff and you do that for each of these pieces just making these Frankenstein concoctions
0: So the other thing I want to say is, have you ever heard of a game called Moonlighter? Yes. So Moonlighter is basically this, except just a general shopkeeper. And what you're talking about is more heavy on the crafting and more specialization and where you're the gunsman.
2: Right. So Moonlighter, you are actually exploring dungeons for magical items or, or, you know, weapons and armor and that stuff, and then selling it in your shop. This takes that whole part of the game out and distills it down to crafting and construction
0: well I assume you were you're, you're, you kind of alluded to sending guys out to do right
2: and that's for the it, kind right? of idle clicker part of it where like you have areas of the map that get unlocked by the heroes and then you can assign your scrap farmers kind of like an RTS or city builder to go out and gather and then you just have a stream of you know um, rubber bands and uh, pieces of or like like soda pop cans
1: that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, okay, I have a couple more. I have so many things to say. I got
1: a lot too, but I, I
0: Okay, you go first. Well, I have more, so you go. Because
1: I are are you totally against the player character being able to like travel around outside of the shop?
2: No, not at all.
1: It just wasn't the focus that that I took. Yeah, so I was What was what's the what's the farming simulator game everybody loves? Uh Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. I'm because in Stardew Valley, you you harvest stuff and you you're able to like travel into these Uh, Dungeons yourself to get more materials for for your farm, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was so I was as you're saying this, I I was imagining like the gun mechanic primarily, like that's that's what you're after, right? Is like making these juicy guns, and then secondarily like selling them, and basically the farther into a dungeon or whatever your hero characters can clear. And I assume these hero characters are AI, right?
2: Oh yeah, like they're
1: they're a system
2: that you. You know, maybe they're characters for you know flavor when they come and buy stuff, but they're just off on their own, no input from the player.
1: Yeah, and I think it'd be cool if like you you send these guys off and they they are now in. I'm kind of going back and forth and like, should it be multiple dungeons or it should be like the dungeon that just like refills itself and maybe gets more difficult or has variables? Because um, you were talking, or just like a rogue like, yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. And I was, yeah. and the other thing was like, this you kind of get a rogue legacy thing out of this where, uh, you know, you. You, you sell a guy a gun or you have your shop full of guns and he comes up and buys one. And I think there should be some sort of interaction where you can kind of be like, yo, that thing's full of uh, lightning type monsters. So you're gonna want a, like this type gun. And like, if, you're, if you've made that gun too expensive, you can't afford it. So next best thing or whatever. And mm-hmm. then depending on how far in there he is cleared, you are then able to kind of follow in his wake to get more supplies to bring back to your shop. Okay, yeah, almost like you you can travel in the wake of his exploits
2: to yes, like, pick yeah, up exactly. all the, loot that, or the material loot. You know what that opened up, though, is if this hero dies in there, maybe a new hero goes in, and then he yes. shows up at your shop with his gun. You're like, oh, yeah, I made that for this other guy.
1: And he, like, tries to sell it back to you or something? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. All right, my question is, uh, don't you think it's, like, almost uh, – a tease to have you make these guns and then not actually use them
1: yeah I did want to mention that so I was gonna I was wondering if you couldn't make a gun for yourself so here's here's something that, that you guys touched on you didn't quite get
2: to to where it was I'd love all of your ideas and I want to incorporate them into this framework that I have and make it a little bit bigger so in my mind the heroes were as you were progressing through the game reaching new levels of gun smithery they would unlock new regions of the game. And in a game like Borderlands or Destiny, you know, each region kind of has its own characteristics. And so what I'm thinking is, one with the roguelike element, maybe each area is essentially one roguelike dungeon that is themed in a certain way. And then the next area has a completely different theme. Like you were saying, lightning monsters in one. Maybe the other one has, like, it's all fire. Um, and then there's a water and then, you know, whatever else. Uh as, a, as for using the guns, what I'm thinking is maybe when these heroes unlock them and, and as they go through, you can grab a gun you've made from your inventory and go through, and that's how you're actually collecting the new ornaments and mods and body types and all that stuff. So you do get to play the game, but it's more for uh, unlocking things to craft.
1: Yeah, so and I don't you think you should be able to, to really progress. I think it should be the type of thing where, like, if your hero character has cleared out ninety nine percent of a room and then died in there, you you might be able to like kill the last couple bad guys that are in there and get get your shit out. But you're not a hero; you're a shopkeeper, so mm-hmm. you're not going to do that great against. You can't clear out the next room by any means,
2: right? Because because all you have is your gun. But the heroes
1: have these crazy
2: abilities and grenades and and yeah. all, you know double jumps and um, they can shimmy up over ledges
1: now. Well, and there's also things where like there's this this sort of like unspoken rule in video games where the hero is just better at guns like whatever that (laughs) means you know like yeah yeah. and that that goes to abilities too so like i'm 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 imagining this top-down view like i think you should be able to watch how he does because i think that's where like the satisfaction of building this guns come from Mm -hmm. so if you build this lightning gun you get this top-down view of this hero character just like firing this lightning gun and it's just sending out lightning fucking everywhere and decimating everything as he goes through and it's and just like you know leaving all this loot behind and going through but then when he gets taken down if you're able to get over there and grab his gun because you're not the hero you get like a bolt of lightning fires out every like second or so so it's like nowhere near as satisfying you know what i just thought of
2: those would make really cool savable replays and even more than that It would be awesome to be able to share blueprints, not the actual guns themselves, but the blueprints for them online with your friends so that, like, if somebody makes this crazy lightning gun, you can be like, oh, like, they have, like, all these cool ornaments on them and then they use this element and they, like, made the whole thing out of titanium and, you know, whatever else. And then you can build it yourself.
1: The complexity of the gun affecting its its stats and, like, affecting the things it does is, I, I think, like, it. Like, you, you talked about having, like, stocks and body types and sights and stuff. But, like, I think it should be, like, crazy. Like, as you go through, you should be able to... Maybe the first couple of guns you make is, like, you get a body and a stock and a trigger yes. or whatever. Yes, And, you know, because that's really easy to understand. And as you go, you unlock more and more slots until... You know you have a dozen slots on this gun and you're putting like elemental stones in it and weird magic parts and shit and like you end up with just this crazy fucking gun and you don't even really know how it's going to work until you sell it to somebody so so the thing
2: that i want is almost like that mario maker view where each part of the gun whether it's the body the scope whatever is essentially just a canvas and you can put whatever you want in that canvas and so you could totally make like a a gun body that's just a bunch of copper tubes twisting around each other with like an egg timer in the middle, and like <laughs> like really make them crazy looking because essentially it's it's just like paint a gun. And so yeah. I, I think you're you're totally right. You're getting it where it's 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 not a gun. It's
1: a gun. It's a fucking gun. <laughs> yeah. A good way to think about this game is like tower defense in reverse where your hero is the lone guy trying to progress through these super tower defended areas, except he's insanely overpowered and just decimating everything for the <laughs> most part. Yeah.
0: All right. So I have something to pitch that I think does not negate anything that you guys have talked about, but rather is a wrapper around it, maybe a, a better wrapper. Um, imagine this scenario. You're the gun shop. You're the gunsmith, you shop owner, uh, a, A guy comes in. A hero comes in, says like, "Holy shit! This dungeon is crazy. It's got these flying bats. It's got this (laughs) thing, these weird guys." And it's kind of like just describing to you these things. Mm -hmm. And then you go, "Okay, let me think about that." The game then takes whatever that hero said and creates a shooting gallery in your shop for you to test out the gun. So that so that you turn around, you go to your shooting gallery. All these things kind of pop up in the kind of patterns that the guy's describing Mm -hmm. and the elemental resistances the guy's describing. And then you tinker on your gun, you go to the shooting gallery, you shoot it out, try it out. Because backing up, like one of my favorite things in the original Perfect Dark for N64 was the shooting gallery. I spent hours and hours and hours in there because I would, you could, there was like a a leaderboard, there was not a leaderboard, but like there's a high score thing for each gun, there was like a target score that you could try to get, like bronze, silver, gold. And every gun was different and all the like targets were different depending on the gun and stuff. It was all fine-tuned to that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I spent so much time in it. That's what this game's wrapper should be, where the guy comes in, he describes it. Now you have to try to get essentially the equivalent of a gold score in that shooting gallery. And the way you do that is by getting better at the game, but also fine-tuning your gun to do exactly what you need to do. Like... Maybe there's like this enemy that requires he puts out a shield. So you have to build a gun that has like this crazy wanted style arcing bullet path that gets <laughs> yeah. around the shield. You know, and then that's what you're fine-tuning. And then you're just decimating this shooting gallery, they're like, All right, I figured it out, I got it. You take the gun back to the hero and he's like perfect. Or if you don't do it, you're like, shit, I I got a bronze, uh, it's probably good enough here, and you go back to the hero and you're like, this'll work. And he you know, he goes and does it, he comes back like all bloody or whatever. That could be a way to do it. I,
2: I really like that. I want to make one small change. I think that the yeah. score you get in the shooting range should be totally separate from should should be separate from the success of the gun because if you know if you're because I'm designing this to be a little bit more casual. So sure. if you make a like a fucking kick ass gun that like fires. Rockets And like when they get to the target, they don't hit it. They circle around it a few times and then right, hit it right, kind right. of thing. Like just insanity. If you're not sure. a great first person shooter player and you don't do that well in the shooting range, I think that if you give this kick-ass gun to the hero, then they can do with it like crazy things that you can't. That's kind of the thing. So it's it's almost yeah, like a first that's fun really thing. Cool. Uh, I like the idea of the quality of the gun determining how far the hero gets in the dungeon so it's like one to one if you make a really good gun they're going to get really far in the dungeon so that when you're starting out you know you'll have a few pieces that you can play around with and they can kind of make it a few rooms into this this dungeon but as you progress they can clear it and then you open up the next one and so on and i think that way you can start to build relationships with the heroes that you're supplying because like certain heroes will start liking you and being a little bit nicer because you give them really good stuff and other yeah. ones like you you're you know you're not good at making fire weapons so that one hero over there is always going into the fire dungeon he doesn't like you that much
0: I have one more thing to add uh but before that um just to respond to that I think it'd be cool if uh you you can potentially like haggle with the guy like um wait wait can, wait, wait. He'll- I know all
1: right, go. I, so I want to get this idea before you go too far off track because I, I, you, Danish, you're looking for the perfect dark experience where you're spending all of your time in the shooting gallery, and Jeff. Not all of it, but yeah, yeah no, like, that's, that's a like chunk. a big chunk yeah. of it, right? Yeah. And Jeff wants this thing. Like Jeff doesn't want the the results of your shooting gallery to tie into the success of the guy that you've sold it to. So what if? Uh, let's say let's say you create a gun and it's it it probably comes with it it probably goes into like an inventory. And you know, there's only so many combinations. Like it could be millions or whatever, but there's still only so many combinations. Mm -hmm. So after you've created a combination of gun, you've sort of unlocked that blueprint, I guess, but I'm I'm imagining it as like a, a numerical code that represents what the combination of these these guns are. Sure. And so you go into the shooting gallery and you now depending on how well you've done the shooting gallery ranks that how well you've done with that gun. So you can go in, you can make this gun and be like, this gun fucking sucks in the shooting gallery. But I want to still try to get the rating on this gun up high enough. And then what I'm suggesting is that then affects
0: how much people will pay you for that. Gun. I,
2: I knew you were going with that. And I love that. Yeah, the, I well, love that.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that, uh, I, th- I think you maybe slightly misunderstood what I was getting at with the shooting gallery where it shouldn't be really hard. Like, you could be a not great FPS, like, first-person shooter player, and if you make the guns better, they do all the work no, for that, you. No, that's what I'm but saying, though, because, yeah, like, yeah. because well, let's, say I, let's say I
1: make a just a regular-ass handgun and it's just, like, a, a revolver. It's a total regular gun, and, like, you're not good at gun games. So you go in there and you get, yeah. like, a bronze score... And you can get, with a brown score, you can get, like, a fair price for that gun. But -hmm. you're like, man, if only this had some kind of, like, uh, like explosive rounds or something that do, like, an AOE. I can slap that on the gun. I've now made a new gun blueprint that's going to have its own rating attached to it. And I can go in there and decimate everything. And now I'm getting, like, a gold score and I can sell this new gun, which is easier for me as a player to use for a higher score. Because it's easier for me. It's easier for people buying. I like that.
0: I think we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. Um, one, so uh, real quick about the haggling thing, uh, you have this set price, right? And maybe the the hero's like, oh, "That's too high for me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that." There should be this uh, deal where it's like, "Okay, I'll knock down the price, oh, yes, but then yes. I get a percentage of whatever your earnings are in the dungeon." Oh,
1: I was gonna say like you could literally like you need a you need. You need the fucking egg timer for this next gun that you want to build. You could be like, "All right, how about this? If you find a fucking egg yeah. timer in there, you bring it back to me and give it to mm-hmm. me." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It could but either one, yeah. That that could work. Yeah. The final thing I want to pitch is more of a story thing. You're like, uh earlier on you're talking about, "No, you you know, you're not the hero. You 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 don't even know to use the guns that well." I think it would be awesome is if you were the rock from the rundown <laughs> where you are the best fucking guy at guns, but you just you just you are the master of guns, but you just given up that you're life. Scared like, of I don't yourself. want any part yeah, of it. Yeah. You're scared. Yeah, you're scared of yourself. So you'll make guns for people. You do it, but then at the end of the game, like after the end game, like the final act, whatever, all the heroes are destroyed, or gone, missing, or captured. It's like shit. I have there's, to. Step there's no up one now. left. <laughs> there's no and and then that's the final act. Is like you finally get out there in the field after all this time in the shop in the shooting range. And I think that would be just so cathartic and so much fun. That would so, be
1: a super fun like, like the, I, I imagine this is the type of game that has a uh, like a campaign, and maybe right. it's not particularly long, but like after you finish the campaign and after you've gone into the dungeon and like wrecked shop, you still get to go back out. Like okay, you've you've saved the day, you've you freed all the heroes. Let's get back to yeah, and the, the
0: game re- yeah keeps going right. You know what it actually is like is uh, original pilot wings where like you're just. In your little flight school, and your training, and then at the end of the game, all the flight school people get like, or the instructors get kidnapped, and you're like, "We don't have anybody else. You have to arm. You have to pilot this military helicopter." Does that <laughs> happened? <in that? laughs> oh yeah. I never
1: played filo Wings. That's crazy. Uh, oh yeah.
0: So you're like, it's like fucking life. Like it's so funny because the the whole game is like this bubbly music. You're like, you know, relaxing, skydiving, all this shit, paragliding and then the and then like every time your instructors are back with you with a little like dialogue saying you did real good you know and then <laughs> the final level the, they show your instructor literally like tears streaming down his face <laughs> saying like everybody's been kidnapped we don't know what to do and then like this fucking badass military music starts up and you're like doo, 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 and then you're like stepping into the helicopter and it's like ridiculous <laughs> shit I,
1: gets real
0: shit gets real unfortunately that is like the shittiest gameplay that helicopter scene, but I love the story behind it. And that's kind of what this would be. Essentially.
1: The last thing I wanted to, I didn't really mention, but but the thing I was getting at with my shooting gallery idea of like all these different guns having their unique IDs is like, if, if like, uh, if like a community were to come out of this game, there would be people like, Hey guys, try out this gun ID on this gallery. And like, let's see, like, who can get the highest score. And- yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. I th- I think you're right for the story purposes, for the loop purposes, we should remove that element. But as a player, as a, as a leaderboard, that's where it yeah. should be. And that's really, really fun. I
2: like that a lot. I, I sincerely, Man, you have- know,
0: again, I've said this maybe twice before. And for people who maybe haven't heard, you know, the backstory to this podcast is we always said, if we came up with an idea that was just so good, <laughs> That we would want to make it ourselves. We wouldn't <laughs> we would cut it from the show. I almost want to cut this from the show. This is so fucking good. But we're never I, this gonna like do a, it. We have to do it. Well, not, we have to so, do it. So do
2: here, it. here's what I'll say. All right, I guess here's we what I'll say. say. Somebody should fucking make this. Somebody needs to make this tomorrow. Um twenty years, nobody's made this game. We will make this game, and it's gonna be the greatest game that but you know what? All three of our games this episode have been really fucking kick ass. So
1: we could do the joke where We try to combine them again. I don't want <laughs> to do that.
2: No. I don't think it needs that, um, unless you can build your own hovercrafts for H- Hover Shea.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there you go, uh, Jeff. I mean, you could pitch this to Gunfire. Your the studios. The name of your fucking studio is Gunfire. I yep,
2: I know. Um, you know what? <laughs> I might. I'll I'll email this episode to uh, to our studio heads. This could tell
0: them to just to skip forward to the time code. Just. <laughs> Just get it. No, tell them to listen
1: to the whole podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a review. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That was intense. <laughs> that was an awesome. Awesome episode. Awesome ideas. I'm. I'm just kind of frustrated now that we're not going to get to play these. Yeah. Until someone makes it.
1: I mean, listen. If we find ourselves in the position where we have time to make a game, there's nothing. There's nothing stopping us. We put these ideas out into the wild. So that anybody can have them. Mm-hmm. But that includes yeah. us. Like, we
0: could do it that too. That does include us. You're right. We
1: are part of everyone. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, on that note, uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Someone Should Make This. Thanks for listening. You could tweet at us at Make This Podcast. You could email us at Someone Should Make This Podcast at gmail.com. Give us a rating on iTunes. And uh, every week, I like to thank Mariachi Entertainment System. They are so awesome. Really, you should check out their YouTube channel. They're always putting out new music. Until next week, we've done the hard part. Now someone should make it.
2: Okay, before we stop recording, I just realized yeah. Mercenary Kings has like a very, very yeah. simple mm-hmm. version of this. I was thinking
1: about Mercenary Kings. I couldn't think of the name, so I didn't mention it.
0: Well, there you go. We'll put that at there the you end.
1: Go. All right. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, should I shit on it that much? Like I, because maybe cut this out. I fucking hated that movie. Uh.
0: <laughs> I think you, I don't see why we could cut, you have to cut that out. When I was a kid, Gremlins 2 came out for NES. And because it was a movie tie-in for the movie Gremlins 2. Mm-hmm. But there was no Gremlins 1 video game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they still called the game Gremlins 2. And it was, I, I my mind blew up that like, you can't, like, I understood it. Like, I wasn't confused, but I just kept thinking, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's <laughs> the Halo meme. You'll be charged it's by the
2: FCC for that one.